Hi, this is Ms. Hancock. And I'm Mason Dubichek. Today we are going to talk about employee engagement, which is an issue because not all employees are fully engaged and that can mean a lot of money that is just going away from the company that they need not be spending, basically. True. Or wasting, I guess I should say. True. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that um, you know, we've talked about offline and I'll share with our online audiences, I created this thing called the Human Capital Calculator that um, analyzes the cost of turnover, employee engagement, and other factors. And you know, I prepared for, for this segment um, some data on employee engagement. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, I've made a career out of helping companies reduce turnover. Right. And it's a big deal, and it's expensive to ignore. But the costs of employee turnover pale in comparison to the costs of poor employee engagement. Wow. And I'll prove it to you. All right, so, let's see the so, numbers. So here's, here's some numbers <laughs> I plugged in for. So just to kind of set the stage for you, there was some, uh, some Gallup polling done of 6,976 adults working for employers. Okay. And what they found was that 31.5% of those employees were engaged, like actively engaged. And what I mean by that is they were enthusiastic, they're committed, they're productive. They're showing up to work on time, they're getting a lot done, efficient. Yes, if you were if you were a coach of a team, they're bringing it every day. So yeah, you awesome. got 31.5%. We like, them. We like those guys. <laughs> now, what percentage of them are not engaged? Their definition of not engaged, you know, checked out, sleepwalking through the day, doing enough not to get fired. Exactly. You know, what's the minimum I have to do to get through the day to keep my job? Numbers, 52%. There you go. That's not good. Not good. Yeah. Worse is the actively disengaged. These are people that are actually hostile, disruptive angry, destructive, mad. They've got a bone to pick with the company and right. not only are they not engaged, but they're actually engaged in causing harm and difficulty and, and chaos. And toxic to your environment. Correct. So you got 16.5% of them. So you start adding the amount that's not engaged and the ones that are actively disengaged, that's right. a problem. Right, right. So here's what, here's what I did, is I wanted to take a look at costs of labor. And this, I, I drew, drew this up for a company with a salary of or combined um, uh, total payroll on an annual basis. Okay. So not a big company. Right. A total payroll of $5,500,000. Okay. And that uh, not including uh, overtime costs. So what the, the question that I asked in this example was, uh, of, the, of the business owner that I did this for was, what is the average discretionary effort of your average employee. Now keep in mind, you know, so when you, you take a look at the poor engagement, you know, they're not going to constantly say, oh, my people give 100% every day when obviously they don't. They're not, okay. right, yeah. So, you know, the question really was, what percentage of their all-out effort do they need to bring and do they bring on a daily basis to keep their jobs? Got you. And the number you came up with was 40%. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, you know, in the scope of things, when you actively engaged right you know that I yeah. I appreciated his honesty yeah and that he wasn't trying to fluff anything he was being this is, this open is the up real thing like, so we can figure out what correct. to do exactly so you know and when you think about the consequence of that like I can remember when when the HR circles there the, the Department of Labor was talking about um, we're going to uh, increase the Salary threshold for right. overtime costs. That's the thing. And, and, and HR people were panicking, like, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You know, if I have right. to pay overtime costs to people who are making, you know, way more salary than they're making now, they're starting to panic." And the easy answer is, "What if you could 
could just get people to get the work done. So right, so there's no overtime. Exactly. <laughs> what right. If, what if yeah. you just, you know, or companies like, you know, we've got 100 employees and we got to grow by, you know, we need to add another 100 employees. We can't keep up with everything. The answer is not adding another 100 employees. The answer is taking your employees who are doing 40% of what they're capable of and helping them do. And eight. helping them to engage more. Yeah. So, you know, and asking someone to come to work every day and give 80% of what they're capable of, I don't think it's asking too much. So this is, I mean, this is solving the problem at the source from the get-go. Yes. At the very beginning. So you don't have this down the road. Well, right? well think about the employee engagement. I mean, we're talking about people that are already there and, and you know, how, how do you get more out of them? Right. And so how do you do that? Well, let's take a look at the cost first to make sure this is worthwhile because th there are people that are going to be watching this, sitting back and well, I've heard about this employee engagement, yeah, we send them to seminars, and, you know, I've heard our HR executives telling us that we should be doing things like this, but, you know, we're other busy on other priorities, and this is why you might want to listen to some of your HR executives. Right. So, if you're a business owner, because if the current discretionary effort is 40%, and the, and the average, and the annual payroll is $5,500,000, that means, as a business owner, you're only getting $2,200,000 worth of Work. Yeah. You're paying five point five million, but you're getting two point two. Ooh. I mean, how right. long do you want to do that? That's yeah. Like, would you go to the? Would you go to the? You know, if you got a car, you want to go to the uh, gas station, pay for a full tank, and get. But only yeah, exactly. Get you enough to get no one back across. That. No one wants that. So, what would happen in this company? Company, if you could just get the average discretionary effort to eighty percent. That looks a lot better. Four million. Still not dollar for dollar what you want, but I mean, we're trying to be realistic. Exactly. And, right. And, but even if you could do that, that's two million two hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow. In savings. Right. That is significant. Well, and depending upon in this particular example, I want to talk about even overtime costs. So let's just say this company had two hundred fifty thousand dollars in overtime costs. Well, if you could eliminate 100% of that, because obviously if people are doing 40% of what they're capable of, and now they're doing 80, right. there's not going to be need for overtime. Right. So you can just save another 250000 bucks. So it solves many problems. So your total savings on that would be $2,450,000 a year to figure out how to engage your employees. Yeah, you know, so engage. A lot of times people talk about what kind of strategies can you use to improve engagement. I listed a couple of them. Maximize discretionary effort, engagement of employees. Minimize conflict and drama in the workplace. Yes. I mean, there's, you know, how many people go to work every day and they feel no good deed goes unpunished? You know, or, you know, and a lot of managers, and I understand why they have to do it, but a lot of managers, they will heap more work on the people that can get stuff done. Sure, right. I can count on them to get it done. Okay. So. And they overload right. Yeah. And other people get by skating. Well, yeah. So how can you, or maybe there's just personality conflicts, there's not communication. How do you delve into those and fix those issues? Uh, put the right people in the right positions. I mean, uh, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, talked about the importance of getting the right people on the bus into the right seats. Unfortunately, he didn't tell you how to do it. That happened to be my expertise. <laughs> but that's where this but comes in. That's where this stuff comes in. But, um, Chapter, what's well, book two for him? But if, you're, if you're people come to work every day and they're participating in a job that allows them to be who they are and do what they do best and like to do most, right. the likelihood of them sticking around and contributing a higher level of discretionary effort is... It's a lot better. Yeah, exactly. So um, identify the gaps between what a person brings to the job and what's required by the job in terms of skill, attitude, behavior, and relationship with supervisor. If um, if I'm an employer and I'm not giving the employees the, the particular uh, 
tools, technologies, and training they need to close the gaps between what the job requires and what they bring to it, then I'm positioning them for frustration. And when they're right. frustrated, then they don't perform well, their discretionary effort goes low, they probably get hassled by their supervisor because they're not getting the results that the supervisor knows they're truly capable of if they were trained. But exactly. again, common sense is yeah. not, but common sense isn't always common. We're right. And, and common sense is a good idea to save you a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> so when it comes to another one, identify, hire, and retain employees with exceptional work ethic. So more work gets accomplished. What, I mean, parents don't teach selective values. Parents who teach their kids an honesty's best policy typically teach them things like a job is a privilege and an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Right. So you know, I've right. always been an advocate for pre-employment screening for things like integrity, reliability, work ethic, attitudes towards substance abuse. And there are people that have a good sense of balance, like how much you're paying me and you were expecting me to do these things Correct. and I need to, yeah, that's, those are the employees you want. Correct. And, and, and the reality of it is, is that... Um, I think work ethic, reliability, integrity, those things are, are, are key values that, that need to be in every workforce because the reality sure. is if you cut corners there and you hire an hope, you get one or two slackers, the rest of the team doesn't say, hey, come on, pick up the pace. They're like, hey, you know, if they're getting by with that, why should I bust my tail and yeah. back off? Why should I be working so hard? That's exactly what you're going to think. There's that unfair feeling, and again, balance. There's not the balance that needs to be there. It's not there. Right. And you know what? Even if you can improve, even if, if making moves like this can improve your engagement by 10%, you know, you're still talking tons of money. Right. And I believe that when you look at the dollars and cents of this, it justifies the extra effort and training. And Exactly. It just does. It but makes people, complete sense. So, I, so also you want to identify, hire, retain employees who are reliable, show for work, and arrive on time so you don't have to pay other overtime costs. Again, right. basic core values. Again, parents don't teach selective values. Honestly, that's policy. A job is a privilege. Honest days work for honest days pay. And your objective as an employer, in my opinion, is to screen for those things so that you're bringing hard workers into your workforce and you're repelling the, the type of folks that are there just to get a paycheck. Because there's there a difference go. between uh, people who are looking for a job and people who are looking for work. There you go. Exactly. So keep them engaged. That's what we want, right? That's it. We will see you guys next time. Hopefully the insight's been helpful.